Father. Amen. Amen. Let's read um, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. Chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. Let's hear the word of God. um, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Somebody say, every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us and him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight and love. He predestined us to be adapted as his sons. And sons here is children through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us and the one he loves. Would you pray with me? Loving Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is true. Father, speak to our hearts, for we are listening. Even though I've prepared, but I need your help. Even though I study, but I need your strength. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Mold me so that the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, will be acceptable to your sight. Speak to us, for we're listening. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Blessings from the Father. Blessings from the Father. There's a lady by the name of Hetty Green. She lived in the early 1900s. Hetty Green died in 1916. She was called America's, America's greatest misery, or from the word misery. What you need to know about her, when she died, her estate was worth over a hundred million dollars. In 1916, a hundred million dollars. You do the math. She ate cold oatmeal because it costs to heat, to eat it up, to heat. She was so cheap. She did not want to turn on the stove. So she ate cold oatmeal. Her son had to suffer a leg amputation because she delayed so long looking for a free clinic that his case became incurable. She was wealthy, yet she chose to live life like a poor beggar. Some might say eccentric. Some might say crazy, perhaps, but nobody could prove it. She was so foolish, she hastened her own death by bringing on an attack of apoplexy while arguing about the value of drinking skim milk. But Eddie Green is an illustration of too many Christian believers today. They have limitless wealth at their disposal, and yet 
They live like poor beggars. Can I get a witness? It was to this kind of Christian, Paul wrote the letter of Ephesians. They had a lot of stuff, but they lived like poor beggars. It's right here in the text. Paul said he wrote the book. He's the author. He's writing by the will of God. Um, typically, Paul wrote to church because they are in trouble. In Corinthians, he's writing because they are all over the place. He's usually writing because they are sinning or there's something's happening. But here, they're not sinning. They're just not living up to their potential. And Paul decided to write him a letter. And here, here's the thing. Paul said to them, grace and peace from our Lord, from our, uh, from our God, and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, Paul is writing them. And understand the context of this letter. Paul is now on his third, two years after his third missionary journey. And when Paul is writing this letter to the church in Ephesus, Paul is in prison. Paul is in a two-year prison stance. And Paul is writing to them, and Paul is telling them, listen, y'all got to know who you are. Y'all got to know the type of blessings that's available to you. And that's what I want to tell you. If you don't know the blessings, you don't know your identity. If you don't know what's left for you, you know different than Eddie Green. And too many of us are living our lives as if we are Eddie Green. And see, you got to understand this. Paul, and one of the themes you're going to find in the book of Ephesians is in Christ. The term in Christ is mentioned about 27 times. And you're going to see through our preaching, you're going to hear some in Christ. And can I tell you something? Can I preach right here, parenthetically speaking? If you're not in Christ, you need to be in Christ. Because in Christ, that's when you find the blessings from the Father. Ooh, I know I'm preaching good, but you're not, you're not responding as good as I'm preaching. Let me say it again. In Christ, that's where you find everything. See, I know we are looking into this, into that, but it's in Christ. And see here, we find this in our text. Paul is writing to a church, a church that he founded in the city that was dedicated to worship the goddess Diana. Paul is writing to them, and Paul is trying to remind them who they are. The first three chapters in the book of Ephesians is about doctrinal theology. The last three chapters will be about the practicality of what you've learned. And we're going to see, we're going to try to see if we can go through a chapter a month, or so, even, even quicker than that. But every month we're going to try to go through a chapter with a different thematic thrust so you can get the text. We're not going to try to belabor you like Ecclesiastes. We know, we know. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But we're going, to try, we're going to try to get you there. But, but we, we want you to, today, I want you to get the blessings from the Father. Blessings from the Father. So, Paul is writing to, a, to the church, to the church in Ephesus. And, and, and it says to them in chapter one, it says to the saints, um, you know, if you're familiar with Catholicism, Catholics, when you die, that's when you can become a saint. But in Christ Jesus, I, w- I wish I had a witness. In Christ Jesus, 
You are now a sin. No longer a sinner, but a sin. You don't have to die to become a sin because Jesus already died for you to be a sin. So Paul referred to them to the sin. In other words, if you are saved, if you have given your life to Christ, you are a sin. Not an ant, but a sin. And see, some of us, if you understand what that means, you are to walk like a saint. You are to talk like a saint. You are to behave like a saint. In other words, the stuff you listen to, the stuff you say with your mouth, you got to be a, a saint. Because a, a saint is somebody who is sinless. A saint is somebody, for, for instance, for instance, um, Pope John Paul II, he died. Somebody had to testify of a miracle that it did so it can become so it can become Saint Paul II. Um, can I tell you a good news? Can I can I can I break you into a secret? Um, Jesus did it all. Jesus did the miracle. You know what the miracle is? Can, can, can I can, can I jump to the conclusion of my sermon real quick? You know what the miracle is? He died. He died and for, for your sins. And on the third day, he rose again. Because he rose again, that's the ultimate miracle. Because of that, we are not sent because of our own merits. We are sent because of what Jesus has done. And Paul is telling the people in Ephesus, listen, and Ephesus is modern day Turkey. Ephesus is a, is a place where where it's a port city, uh, um, it's a rich place. They they have a lot of resources, and, and they they therefore a lot of things are coming and going into the city. So people coming in with new ideas, and Paul is writing to let them know. Listen, y'all bless. You know, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm so blessed. And Paul is writing to let them know this. Listen, you are blessed. And, and you said, Pastor Perry, how are they blessed? Look, watch verse three. Verse three. Verse 3 gives you the aim of the uh, of what Paul is trying to say. In verse 3, Paul said simply this. He said, blessed be, uh, uh, I'm reading from a different version here. It says, uh, uh, um, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has what? Blessed us. And where? In what place? In the heavenly realm with every spiritual blessing. So in there, Paul gave the source of the blessing. Who, who's doing the blessing? God. God is doing the blessing. God the Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, He's doing the blessings. That's the source. And can I tell you something? No matter what you're trying to become, to make your source, that's a temporary source. If it's not God who is the maker and the creator of everything, you're going to miss it all. Are you all with me? God is the source. And that's why I tell people, when God is my source, I never run dry. <laughs> uh, my father owns everything. See, when God is your source, you can never run dry. Have you ever gone on your Chase app or your Bank of America app? Uh, especially after the first of the month, for those of, for those, for those of us who got mortgages and car notes and, and insurance and, and w- w- what happened? It, it looks as if like somebody took it all away. I mean, you, you know what I mean? They, they, I mean, they, they, I mean, you'd be like, oh, Lord, have mercy. I mean, if one more bill comes, uh, 
But, but, but see, because God is the source, we never lack. That's what the, the psalmist says, the, um, uh, 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 um, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I almost give you the French, l'éternel est mon berger, je ne manquerai de rien. You know, because the Lord is my shepherd. When the Lord is the source of your blessing, you never miss anything. It says, blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God the Father had made, has made us rich in Jesus Christ. Uh, Pastor Perry, I'm rich. I mean, I, I dress like it. I behave like it. And you think it's only about um, financial wealth. Nah. Now, the Bible says, what will it profit a man? Don't get me wrong. I'm not against you getting your bags. I'm not against you getting your blessings. But make no mistake about it. If you ain't got Jesus, all you got is a bag. If I got Jesus, I got the one who filled the bag. You got, you, 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 you're going to get that in your way home. Let, 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 let me pause, stop, rewind, and play. Listen. If you ain't got Jesus, all you got is a bag. But if you got Jesus, you got the one who filled the bag. And last time I checked, I'd rather be with the one who filled the bag than me holding on a bag. God is the source because he has made us rich in Jesus Christ. When you were born again, you went from spiritual depravity and spiritual poverty to where now you are rich spiritually with every spiritual blessing. And you said, um, what, what is the scope of our blessings? Uh, I'm glad you asked. It's in the text. All. Not some. Not according to, no, no. All spiritual blessings. It says, it says, it says we have all spiritual blessings. This here, you can say all the blessings that is in the spirit. We have all spiritual blessings. Um, in the Old Testament, God promises people material blessings as a reward for their obedience. Today, he promises us to supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Not some of your needs. Now, can, can, can I parenthetically stop here? Um, God is not obligated to meet your wants. But he said he will supply all of your needs. There's a difference between needs and wants. Y'all hear me say this before. Um, for those of you who are at home, Today, when you get home, that dure is espoir. Somebody said yes, amen. amen. That dure is espoir. That chicken or legume. That's God providing your needs. Buy McDonald's, that's your one. And can I tell you something? Your needs is good for you. Your needs, God, what God provides for your needs, that's a blessing. That, that's nourishment to you. That McDonald's that wants is always going to kill you. And, and don't try to make God meet your wants. God will not meet your wants. I don't care what the preacher that you listen to said. God is not obligated to meet your wants. 
God said he will meet your needs. That's the scope of our blessings. Uh, um, watch this. It doesn't stop here. Not only we see the scope, we see, we see the, the source, we see the scope. And, and last one, put it up, put it up, put it up. Next one, next slide. We see the sphere of our blessings. Where is the blessings? God is the source. All is the scope. And now the sphere and heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Do, do you see where you find the blessings? And heavenly places and Christ Jesus. See, um, that doesn't mean you don't get any preview of the blessings down here. Okay? As, as a matter of fact, you are, God keeps bringing what's in heaven down to you. One of the best ways he did that is by bringing Jesus. Okay? So, in heavenly places, um, listen. Heavenly places suggest that a Christian living anywhere in the world is even now, in a spiritual sense, seated with Christ on high. Wherever Jesus is, that's where you are. Um, let me put this into context. Um, name dropping. Name dropping. You all know what name dropping is? Um, somebody go somewhere. Let, let's say you go to a church. Be like, oh, I know Pastor Perry. Right? If, if you think I'm cool, if you think I'm, I'm a good pastor, you, you drop my name. And people are like, oh, Pastor Perry's a pastor. Oh, that's my boy. Right? It's so, it's so funny. Can, can, let, let me tell you something. So somebody showed up here yesterday uh, um, from Pastor Robbins' church, you know, Revelation. And they showed up and I'm like, I'm like, where are you from? Revelation. They said, Revelation. I'm like, Pastor Robbins is like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, the Reverend Dr. Bishop, he said, and, and, and the, the person says, that's exactly how he calls you. So we call each other Reverend Dr. Bishop. So in other words, when she said Revelation, what did I do? I named Drop. I, I named Drop the name of a pastor, of, 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 of a pastor. And then she said, oh yeah, my pastor knows you too. Can, can, can I tell you something? Your blessing is in the heavenly places. And only name drop you got to drop is Jesus' name. Because he's there, your blessings are secure. Now, this is the backdrop. Man, by the way, um, and don't, don't go like um, what D.M. Moody called, um, you are too heavenly minded, you know earthly good. Uh, just don't go because all, all my blessings in, is in the heavenly places and then you don't do nothing down here. Can, can, can I stop here real quick? Um, even though my blessings are in the heavenly places, I still go to school. Even though my blessings are in the heavenly places, I still go to college. Even though my blessings are in the heavenly places, I still go to work. Even though my blessings are in the heavenly places, I still save my money. Even though my blessings are in the heavenly places, I still live wisely on this earth. So, um, now, what are... These blessings that 
I'm talking about from the Father. What, what are these blessings? Um, three of them, and I'll take my seat. Number one, watch this. He has chosen us. Verse four said this. Verse four, for he has chosen us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight and love. Um, this is what they call the doctrine of election. Um, a doctrine that has confused some and confounded others. Um, Dr. Warren Risby said this. He said the, a seminary professor once said to, um, to him, try to explain election and you may lose your mind. Try to explain it away, you may lose your soul. That salvation begins with God and not with men. That's, that's, that's the doctrine of election. All Christians would agree. It says this in John 15 verse 16. You, God says, I have chosen you. You did not, you did not choose, you didn't choose me. The lost sinner left his own ways and does not seek God. Romans 3, 10 to 11. God in his love seeks the sinner. Note that God chose us even before he created the universe so that, that our salvation is totally of his grace and not on the basis of anything we ourselves have done. He chose us in Christ, not in ourselves. God cannot cho choose you and you because in you there is sin, but God can choose me and Christ because in Christ there is no sin, because in Christ there is perfection. In the Bible, election is always unto something. It is a privilege that carries great responsibility. Does the sinner respond to grace against his own will? No. He responds because God's grace makes him willing to respond. The mystery of divine sovereignty and human responsibility will never be solved in this life. It is true, God, um, and what the reform said, God effectually call you, effectually call you. When you hear the gospel, your heart tickles. When you hear about the forgiveness of your sin, your heart tickles. God is working in you to bring you to him. You only respond upon what God has done. Nobody walked up in here and said, I choose God. You don't have the capacity. It is God who draw you unto him. There's an old rap song. I didn't choose to rhyme, but rhyming chose me. That's old, but Bubba Sparks. <laughs> you don't even know who that is. He was a white rapper. Don't go Google it now after service. It's, it's, you know, I didn't choose God, but God chose me. When I responded to God's goodness, when I responded to God's love, it's because God already worked in me and on me and through me. And all I had to do was, thank you, Lord. So he chose us. Um, 
when it comes to the choosing, the Holy Trinity is involved. But I ain't got time for that. Let me, let me move on to my next point. Not only God has chosen us, but here it is. He also adapted us. And verse 5, verse 5, it's, it, it's on the screen, verse 5. He predestined us for what? For adoption to sonship through Christ Jesus in accordance with his pleasure and will. Um, here, we meet that misunderstood, mis, misunderstood word, predestination. This word, as it is used in the Bible, refers primarily to what God does for saved people. Nowhere in the Bible we are taught that people are predestined to hell. Because this word refers only to God's people. Hear me well. God does not predestine people to go to hell. People reject God and they go to hell. Here's what you understand. Nothing you can do will be breaking news to God. So in other words, there's no way that oh, you're going to be like, God, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. So and so give their life to Christ today. God already knew from the foundation of the world who would reject, who would accept him. Because God is all-knowing, all-powerful, at all time, everywhere. So, so then therefore, here, predestination, the word simply means to ordain beforehand, to predetermine. Election seems to refer to people, while predestination refers to purpose. Let me say it again. Election seems to refer to people, while predestination refers to purpose. The events connected with the crucifixion of Christ were predestined. You're with me? God has predestined our adoption, our conformity to Christ, as well as our future inheritance. You guys gonna, you know, next week we will see that in another sermon. Adoption has a dual meaning, both present and future. You do not get into God's family by adoption. You get into his family by regeneration, the new birth. Adoption is the act of God by which he gives his born ones an adult standing in the family. Why does he do this? So that we might immediately begin to claim our inheritance and enjoy our spiritual blessings. A baby cannot use this inheritance. But an adult son can and should. This means that you do not have to wait until you are an old sin before you can claim your riches in God. Um, I, 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 I love when people adopt children. If I could, I would adopt some kids myself. And most of you know I have adopted you as my sons and daughters, right? All right. Um, <laughs> um, but but I, I've heard 
uh, um, Dr. Brian Loretz said this, his dad is Dr. Crawford Loretz. In the state of Georgia, when you adopt a child, you cannot write your adopted kids out, out of your will. It is illegal for you to write your adopted kids out of your will. This is straight from the Bible. In other words, because you choose to adapt them, you did the adoption. When you die, your biological kids, you can't say, I'm not giving you nothing. It is illegal for you to say that you're going to live, you're, you're not going to live nothing for adopted kids. That's not Haitian law. <laughs> That's heavenly law. What I'm trying to tell you is this, is that God is, God, God inspired that law in Georgia. Because God has adapted you and me. God has adapted you and me. Um, he cannot write us out of his will. All of his blessings, all that he owns, all that he has, are our inheritance. You want to know how rich you are? Look at your daddy. A daddy who cannot write you out of his will. Uh, um, and, and that's what the devil trying to do to you. The devil trying to tell you um, when you sin, God is writing you off. He's done with you. <laughs> but he's never done with you. Because he adapted you. He's always seeking after you. He's always yearning for you because you were his adopted son. The Bible says in John 1, 12, he came into his own and his own received him not. To all who believe in him, he has given him the power to become children of God. Adoption. He adapted you. Oh, I'm glad to be adopted. Oh, I'm so glad to be adopted. You know why? Because my forefathers, they woke me out of their will. Adam, Satan te von moi. Is it, huh? Adam te von moi. Uh-uh. Come, come, Adam te von moi. Jésus te jeune moi. Li bon moi la, la vie. Li point la mort moi. Okay. Give me the familiar lyrics. Adam te von moi. Adam sold me off. Jesus found me. He took my death. And he gave me life. That's your inheritance. Adam sold you out of the will. Adam sold you off to sin. But praise be to God. Jesus took the death and gave us life. Now you better sing hallelujah. Hallelujah. He, he adapted us. Uh, um. And, and, and the future aspect of adoption is found in, this, in the fact that when Jesus returns, we're going to be with him in glory. We already have our standing before God, but the world cannot see this. When Christ returns, this private adoption will be made public. In other words, when Jesus comes back, if you're a churchgoer, God bless you. But if you're a child of God, he's going to take you and go with him. I'm preaching good, you're not answering good. Uh, uh, listen to what I'm saying to you. In other words, don't come here and wound the pews. Make sure you are truly adopted. 
that, 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 listen, I've never been so glad to be adapted. Mm. See, see, some of you would wish you were adapted by Jeff Bezos. Some of you would wish you were adapted by Bill Gates or Oprah. Guess what? They and all their money, if they don't repent, they're going straight to hell. But can I tell you something? I am adapted by God and Christ Jesus. This father that I, 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 I am adapted by, he promised me life abundantly. He promised me life eternally. He promised me a life that no one can snatch out of my hands, out of his hands. This God has such a love for me. That's why it says this. He, 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 he does it according to his pleasure and will. He does it because he's happy. Mm. The devil wants to strike you dead. But Jesus snatched you up because he's happy. According to his will. In other words, no one can make God change his mind. Because whatever God's wills will happen. God wills it, he, it is so. In other words, like I always said to you, if God said so, it is so because he said so. He adopted me and you into his family. And this adoption right now, it's private. Because I don't know if all of you save. And some of you may tell me you save well. That's between you and God. But all I know, one day, he's coming back for me and all of his adopted children. And that day, listen, and you guys ever see the Left Behind uh, um, movies, uh, old, old school? Listen, some people will be driving and then, whoop, adapt, <laughs> adaption, public adoption. Everybody knows it's done. You know, somebody will be in the airplane, uh, uh, the pilot, if he's a Christian, and you're not a Christian, God bless you. Deuces. <laughs> All right, lastly, lastly, not only that we saw that he has adapted us and, 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 um, and chosen us, but here's what it did. He has accepted us. Verse 6, verse 6, uh, um, watch, watch what the text is. Verse 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he made us, accepted and the beloved. Um, we cannot make ourselves acceptable to God. But he, by his grace, makes us accepted in Christ. This is our eternal position. And breaking news, that will never be changed. Woo! Let, 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 me, say, let me say this thing. You're, you're, you're ready? You're ready? Um, God, we cannot make ourselves acceptable to God. But God, by his grace, makes us accepted in Christ. And this now is my and your eternal position. Here's the good news. That will never be changed. Um, you know how Asians are. You come to their homes. It's, you know, people come to your house. You know, your, 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 your relative from New York, from wherever they come from. And they come. They haven't got a home yet, but they live in your house. And after a while, somebody in your house for too long, you'd be like, man, you start feeling uncomfortable. And, it, you know, at first when they come in, it was like, if, they, if it's a day or, or two or a week, yeah, good. You here. You know, I, I'll disturb my life for a week or two. But if it's more, if it's a prolonged time and, and there's no, it's indefinite, 
Mm. You know, you, you, you people start slamming the doors loud, and, and, and you open the fridge, and they're like, mm. you know, and there's a lot of, mm, 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 mm. Uh, and they're on the phone, mm. you, you know, and guess what? At first, you feel as if you were accepted into the house, but you extended, you over, you, 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 you overstay your welcome. Um, can I tell you something? You can never overstay your welcome without God. He accepted you. He, he made the way for you to be accepted. In other words, you go to a party. Um, God give you the invitation. You know, sometimes, you know, somebody having a party, they don't invite me, they don't invite you. You'd be like, mm, you salty. You, you, you know what I mean? But, but God, he gave you a permanent invitation to where that you can stay with him and you can never overstay your welcome. That's our God. That's the blessing that we have. Um, that's why we have to understand. And some of us, we live as if this, I, we, we, we don't understand that. Um, the idea, God's grace in Christ, Jesus, that's the only way we are able to accept, to be accepted before him. Um, on Wednesday, we were having Bible study. And somebody asked me, if I pray, I don't say in Jesus' name, is it a prayer? I said, no. It is not a prayer. Because if it's not in Christ Jesus, which God are you talking to? That's why he accepted us in Christ Jesus. I tell you this, when you get to heaven, <laughs> the question is going to be, why should I let you into my heaven? And you know what the answer ought to be? Jesus. If it's anything else, you're not accepted. The invitation, the passcode, whatever you want to call it, it's still the same thing. It's still Jesus. I'm done. Let me give you this illustration, then, then I'm done. To most people, the Great Depression of the 30s has been forgotten in the wave of, of prosperity that followed. Out of those hard times, however, came a story which has a strange ending, yet teaches us, teaches us a powerful lesson. When a timid old lady approached the first desk she saw in an insurance office in Minneapolis, Minneapolis she asked, "What?" Uh, um, she was asked, "What do you want?" With trembling hand, she took from her well-worn purse an old policy. And explained regretfully, she was unable to meet the current premium. She explained that it was so hard for her to get work. And with little she did get was hardly enough to clothe, feed her, and keep a roof over her head. After a quick investigation, the clerk recognized that the policy was very valuable. He warned the old lady that she was making an unwise move to stop the payment. And the clerk said, did not your husband have anything to say? She said, it was his, poli it was his policy made out to, uh, um, to her benefit. And then she said, it was, my husband is dead. And then, upon 
This, the clerk realized the policy was made by the husband for the wife to be the beneficiary. Immediately, the company officials went into action. They soon discovered she was telling the truth. What she did not understand was that the policy was her husband's and that she was the beneficiary at his death. They were thus obligated to refund her uh, um, the overpaid premiums plus the full amount for which the husband had insured his life in her favor. The money was sufficient to keep her comfortable for the rest of her life. What I'm trying to tell you is this. Watch this. There is a great insurance policy which constitute our heavenly blessings that Jesus came and died. He paid the premium. He paid all of it. He died on the cross. And a lot of people nowadays are still trying to make a payment on an insurance that's already paid for. On a policy that's already been paid for. You cannot make payment on a policy that's already been paid for. I'm no insurance guy. Clemens is an insurance guy. But Clemens is what I'm talking about. I know that all my health insurance, I call them, uh, all my life insurance, I call them death insurance. The only way they're going to be applicable is when I die, my wife and my kids will take them. That's all right. But can I tell you something? Jesus came and died 2,000 years ago and paid this, this, this insurance policy that says you are God's child and you get to enjoy all of the blessings in the heavenly realm. When you accept Jesus as your savior, you become the beneficiary of God's life insurance policy. We need to simply acknowledge that we are sinners and thank him for the gift of his one and only son who died on the cross and rose again. Therefore, as a result, you would have forgiveness. But you say, Pastor Barry, what am I supposed to do with this sermon? Blessings from the Father. Let me tell you what you said. Application. Last slide. Say those with me. I am chosen, adopted, and accepted by God the Father. If you don't know, if you don't get anything, just get this. I am chosen. I am adopted and accepted by the God who created the heavens. I am chosen and accepted by the God who separated the Red Sea. I am chosen and accepted and adapted by the God who spoke and the world was created. I am chosen, adapted, and created by the God who owns everything. I am chosen, adapted, accepted by the God who speaks life over my life. I am chosen, adapted, accepted by the God who resurrected the dead. I am chosen, adapted, accepted by the God who, whose riches are abundant. I am chosen, adapted, accepted by the God who said he will never leave me nor forsake me. That's the blessings from the Father. God bless you.